APAs. Uh, South Africa PwC is starting a new series of podcasts on transfer pricing. And as is fitting, we are starting out with South Africa's newest development on transfer pricing, and that is APAs. Um, we're introducing a pilot APA program. And I think, firstly, we should just ask Cornelia and Ellen, what is an APA? Why is this significant? What does it mean? Great. Thank you, Michael. So essentially, an APA hmm. is an agreement around the pricing of a specific transaction that's entered into with the revenue authority that then basically bottoms ties down the pricing for a specific transaction so that there's certainty up front for the taxpayer for that transaction. Um, and the big benefit, obviously, of that is then the fact that you will have transparency and also you'll have certainty around what your pricing arrangements will be and that the Revenue Authority, provided various requirements are met, will meet and accept that pricing. So in a nutshell, that's broadly what it is. And then anything else that you'd like to add? I think the question also we need to determine, um, there are two types of APA, are, are there not? There's unilateral APA and multilateral APA. Cornelie, would you just like to distinguish between the two? Uh, yes, happy to do so. So the interesting thing is that, so SARS, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be launching essentially a pilot APA program. And in terms of those pilot programs that they'll be launching, the first APAs that they will be accepting are bilateral APAs. So what those are is it's essentially an agreement between South Africa on the one side and another authority on the other side, two sides, so bilateral. Multilateral then obviously involves more countries than just two. There's also unilateral that you can have. But um, I think let's perhaps hand over to Diane, which is our before, global... Yes. Cornelie, before we hand over, so I'm Michael Butler. I'm based with PwC in South Africa, and I know a little bit about transfer pricing, hence I'm here. We have opposite me, we have Alan Sikkim, who's in our Joburg office. Uh, he's also a transfer pricing expert, perhaps got a bit wider experience because he's, he's originally from the UK. And the star of today's show, Diane Hay, <laughs> who is from PwC UK, who's got extensive experience in advanced pricing agreements. And um, she can tell us all about you know, what's been going on and why it's so important. And last but not each, uh, not least, is Archie Ramadawe. Archie, where are you? Say hello to the people. She's hello. a TP expert, also based in Johannesburg. <laughs> so with that out of the way, um, Diane, I'd like to ask you, you know, how significant is this development, this pilot project? What does it mean? I, I think it's hugely significant. Um, I've been advocating for APAs in South Africa since the time of the Davis Committee. I came over and I gave evidence uh, about the, uh, the importance of having a, an APA program in South Africa because I think it's it's uh, it, it, it's a real mark of a progressive country and a progressive tax authority. And that's why I, I, there's such a push now we're seeing coming 
mostly from OECD, um, to try and make it a minimum standard that a country has a bilateral APA program. And I'm just delighted that, you know, SARS, South Africa generally is going to take this step. Uh, and I, I'm, you know, going to push it and help it every way I can, because I think it's a great thing for um, the country. I think it's a great thing for taxpayers to be able to get real certainty. And that's what the bilateral program brings is real certainty, no double taxation. And that then encourages investment. It gives people confidence that it's it's worthwhile making you know big buck investment in south africa and i think that's very important for you right i mean everybody always says that business people want certainty they need to project going forward what their costs are going to be for an investment and tax is one of those costs in fact i've had a number of clients over the years say to me they're much less concerned about the amount of tax than knowing what it's going to be. So exactly. they can model it in there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that absence of double tax is, is, is critical for many business decisions. And you will find that, you know, when, when business people are looking at their options, they will frequently have a column now that says, can I get certainty around my taxes? And you will have a tick in that column. And that, that will put you ahead of a lot of other places. Right. So, I mean, if I've, I think back on my career, I've had so many times when clients have said to me, that model looks really interesting. Let's work on it. And you, you work with them to get a, a transfer pricing model that works with, with South Africa. And they say, right, well, let's go and get an APA so we can you know, take this off. And you say, ah, sorry, uh, we don't do that here. So, yeah, and that's always been a bit of a, you know, taken aback from some of the, the European investors because they really want that. I don't know, Archie, if you've got similar experiences or, you know, you've got some international experience from India, um, talk to us, what, how do you feel about it? Yeah, APA was introduced in India about, let's say, nine or ten years ago, and it Looking backwards, I think it was one of the successful programs run by the government because at this point of time, the disputes are out of the table. I speak to my colleagues in India and they say that, hmm, APA has been the best thing that taxpayers could have had because now, A, they have certainty and B, they can really plan their affairs in a manner which is uh, beneficial to the business. Right. And I've seen, I mean, this is just a, an audio podcast, but I've seen Diane nodding frantically <laughs> from the UK you know, yeah. saying, yeah, I actually went to India as well and did a whole series of roadshows before they introduced the APA program. I, I don't, it's a good job you can't see me because I, I sound ancient, but um, uh, I, I, I was delighted the Indians did this. And I think, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, Archie, it's been the best thing that, um, you know, I India has done for a long time. And uh, they, they, they do a lot of unilaterals, but they have a big bilateral program as well. And I think that's what South Africa should, should learn from. So we were chatting amongst ourselves before this saying, you know, South Africa is starting with a pilot program. Um, 
we don't necessarily want to get into a lot of the details on that because it's still draft and to be honest SARS is probably going to find their feet as they go along but the feeling seemed to be that starting small with a, a limited pilot program so you could sort of refine it with real case examples you know you walk before you run uh, was a good idea uh, any comments on that from anyone in the virtual room I think the nice thing of the pilot program that they want to launch is that it will give SARS time to find their feet, put on their trailing wheels, get going, and as Michael says, in so doing, refine the legislation that is available that's been made for draft for comment. And um, hopefully, I think the hope is that hopefully they start imminently. If you look at the guidance that's been released, they, they, there's reference indirectly to something that will happen imminently. But I think the hope is definitely sooner than later. And Corneli, is it going to cover all types of affected transactions or are there certain types that are not covered by the APA program? At this point in time, what was interesting to me is, for example, probably the next podcast series that we'll have is probably on the draft interpretation note on financial assistance that's just been released. I couldn't help but note that even in there, there is a paragraph in there that talks about APA. So it looks like financial transactions mm -hmm. that covered as well, which I think will be a very welcome step for them to take. I didn't immediately see any exclusions in the draft that was put out. Diane, I don't know if you had any other views on that, but it looks at this point in time that they will cover sort of the transactions that are available out there and seemingly including financial transactions, which will be welcome. Okay. I, I think it's it would be really important for the pilot to be successful. So I think they've got to think quite carefully who they allow in and which countries are on the other side, which is the other country that's... Because I think you'll find an enormous amount of goodwill from many partner countries that will want to see this succeed. Um, so, it, you know, if, if, they, if they are careful in the cases they select and have the right treaty partners, I think this will get off to a really flying start. It has the potential to do that. And I know that there are many people who want to do APAs in South Africa because we we put um, a note around our, our UK clients and told them about this. And we have had a number of inquiries saying, can I apply? Can I have an APA? They want to do it. They see this as being really valuable. So. It may go a bit. It, it, it may um, take a while to get going fully, but as you say, Michael, let's let's walk before we can run. Okay, so I wonder if we should just discuss with people a little bit, and we don't have to get into the technicalities of exactly how it'll work with the the pilot project, but sort of let's walk through what happens. So. I'm a taxpayer, I sit in South Africa, I've got a related party you know, somewhere in Europe, and I buy goods from them, and I pay them, you know, well, I buy goods, and there's certain intellectual property, and I sell the things, and I manufacture here under you know, license, or I, I pay a royalty for the use of their intellectual property. So let's say, for example, there is a 5% royalty paid by South Africa to Germany. 
And, you know, we want to get an APA to find out, is that 5% royalty correct? Is it going to be acceptable? You know, or should it be 7% or 2% or what should it be? So the question, I suppose, is then, okay, well, how, how does this work? Um, you know, I understand that the process is we would go to the South African Revenue Service and say, listen, we're looking for a pilot, you know, we want to take part in this pilot project, we want to get an advanced pricing agreement on this. What happens then? How does it work? I, somebody was saying it's bilateral. What is, you know, how does that then work with the other countries? Talk me through a little bit about practically what can we expect, A, to get out of it, and a little bit on the generic process. I don't know who feels happy to, to talk about that. I think in terms of what we can see in the draft guide, it looks like there will be a pre-consultation process that will take place. And to Diane's earlier point about SAS needs to accept the right APAs, especially as part of the pilot program, that's presumably the step where they'll then decide whether this is a good place for them to go. And then from there on, you'll go into a formal lodging the application process, etc. Now, the important thing to mention in here is that these fees associated at every step of the process, those fees are unfortunately not yet available, but taxpayers do need to bear in mind that if you are going to apply, it obviously needs to be a meaty enough transaction to be able to warrant applying for the APA because there will be financial applications to that. So definitely a pre-consultation process and then a later process. But I think, Diane, let's hand over to you to find out sort of what has been your global experience in terms of also you having actually run this for HMRC, how have you seen it taking place overseas? Well, a bilateral APA at the heart is a bilateral agreement, believe it or not, between two, two treaty partners. So we, it's a marriage of three. We've got the company and the two treaty partners, and they're gonna work together to come up with uh, an agreement here that says whether that royalty is five or three or seven, we're all going to stick with that. And we're going to stick with that for five years. Um, so it, it's a bit like a marriage because it's a bit of a leap into the unknown. Um, unlike marriages, you do have a chance after five years to walk away. Um, but here we go. We're going we're gonna to go into this uh, agreement together for the future. Uh, and so in order to do that, you, the taxpayer's got to be open. You know, they've got, they've got a, it's, it's a bit of a prenup in that sense. They've got to be open. They've got to um, come to the two treaty partners and set out, you know, uh, a full disclosure about the business, particularly around this transaction. And they've got to give them some sort of idea as to what to expect. So they've got an idea of, of, of the, um, uh, the business, but also a little bit about the, the, the way the business is intending to develop over the years, particularly if this is a new business. You know, what are the sales forecasts? What's the profitability going to look like? Then the, then the two tax authorities will examine this proposal. Do they like it? And then they will put together their own positions on it. 
and the two tax authorities come together and they discuss their positions. And from that, they will come to a position. Now, that may be that it's 4.5% and they both sign on that with the agreement of the taxpayer. Taxpayer is sort of a bit out of the room to some extent here because this is fundamentally a government to government agreement. So very different to a unilateral agreement where the taxpayer is agreeing something directly with a tax authority. It's a government to government agreement. So the taxpayer is definitely involved, but they will not make the agreement that's at the heart of this, but then they sign up to it in their individual countries. So it's quite a different process to what, what most taxpayers in South Africa will have gone through before. Right, because, you know, just to get my head around it, the people were skinning the game with the two governments because the bigger yeah. the royalty paid from South Africa to Germany, for instance, you know, the, if it goes up from 5% to 7%, you get a deduction in South Africa. That means less tax in South Africa and yeah. more tax in Germany. So that's, you know, favors Germany. If you reduce the royalty, the lower it is, the less the deduction in South Africa, so the more South African tax at stake, and the less tax in Germany. So the, the two governments are really the ones fighting over the tax pie. Yeah. And they've got to come to something which they can both live with. And hopefully it's it's not all uh, partisan. Hopefully it's they're trying to do what's fair overall. Yeah. Okay. And, and and they're doing that. Just, just one final point that's really important here is they're doing that on the basis of the arm's length principle and the OECD guidelines. So the people who negotiate at this sort of level, they're not looking so much at their domestic rules as to international principles. And I, and I think that's another really important point here is that this should be grounded in the international concept of the arm's length principle, not necessarily your own transfer pricing rules. And that, that's why this is such a big step for a country to go into a bilateral APA programme, because it's, it's saying I now am a fully paid up member of the international tax community. Fantastic. Diane, I think that's probably a good place to wrap this up because we're out of time. We've decided to keep these podcasts short and sweet. So any final comments from anybody? I think everyone's excited and raring to go. I think this is, you know, certainly clients that I've spoken to are very excited and think this is a fantastic step. And... With that, we bid you all adieu and good business. All rights reserved. PwC refers to the South African member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com forward slash structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.